welcome to the Guard Fire Broadcast, aka MFKS Radio, on the airwaves dial at 487.52. Your pod is hosted by Kelsey and Megan, who have been thwarted in their quest to see Chris's pine. The Garbage Fire Pod is all about being ironically passionate to the point that you would dive into the dumpster the things that you love. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> it's been so long! It has been. See, Tyler, would you still podcast? So fuck you. Just. Took Monthly. A little break. We took a little <laughs> unintentional break for a while there. Very unintentional. Yeah. Because there was, like, we were in Sweden, and then you were there for, like, more of the time. Yeah. Just five days. Yeah. And then... I don't know what I was doing that weekend after. There might have been jet lag issues. I don't know. And then I've been, like, so fucking busy the last month. Oh, it's been absurd. So here we are. It's Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't have to work again until next Monday, so life's real great. It's Tuesday morning, and you know how morning records go. <laughs> to be fair, it's like 11. It's I still morning. nine. <laughs> Jess was like, that's really early. <laughs> it is really early. I have not worked for uh, four months again. <laughs> that's very early. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have not worked for three days. <laughs> um, and I had to get up early yesterday to take my car in anyway, so it didn't come. Oh. Not as early as I have been getting up. Because for those of you who follow me on Twitter <laughs> or on Instagram, you will know that my mornings of late have been so early. And by of late, you mean what? Two since, months straight? Since September the 10th. Oh my god. <laughs> I love how you know the beginning date. Oh yes, and the end date is December the 5th, don't you worry. <laughs> By the time I get back to work, I have two and a half weeks left and then I'm done and I never have to see before six o'clock ever again. Well, until, until next September. September 10th. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but looking after the swim team at school, it's been awesome. Uh, the kids are great, and I don't know what I'm doing because the guy who used to be, like, in charge of it isn't doing it anymore, and so one of the grade 12 girls is like, oh, you gotta do this and this and this, and I'm like, okay. Sure, sounds good. Love, love those kids. Yeah, so we decided that she's gonna get a free, like, free gear, but she okay. doesn't have to pay for it because she's been doing the thing. Very regularly. She's like, oh, Miss Fowler, don't forget, you need to do this. Oh, you need to do this. I'm like, okay. Thank okay, you. thanks. Yeah. That's why I wish, like, when you are handed a team or a job like that, where the person is just, like, gonzo, I wish everybody just took, like, a half an hour of their fucking day. Mm-hmm. Any day. Mm-hmm. To just write, like, a quick manual. Mm-hmm. These are your responsibilities for taking care of, A, this team. Yeah. Yeah. And just fucking email it off, man. Yeah. Or something. Carrier pigeon. That's like literally anything. anything. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. Message in a bottle. <laughs> Smash the bottle on the hallway floor. Yeah. Like whatever. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Like serial killer note style. Like <laughs> a, one letter a day. It doesn't one matter. One letter a day? <laughs> it do- a sentence a day. Whatever. <laughs> like it doesn't even matter. Just some kind of communication. Uh, yeah. It's the worst. Yeah. It's, uh. Yeah, it's been quite the learning curve. But, uh, yeah, so as, as this week it'll be really nice. Monday morning, when my alarm goes off at 10 after 5, I'm gonna wanna kill, <sighs> like, all living things. But that's a, that's a bridge I'll cross when I get to it. Yeah. And, you know, it's coming to an end. It is. Um, our... As is all our lives. <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs> Starting it off in a crisis! <laughs> Um, we have our, our, like, divisional swim meet on the 28th of November, and, um, the bus leaves the school at 6.30 mm-hmm. in the morning, mm-hmm. 
uh, which means I have to leave at like probably quarter to six mm. so that I have time to go get a cup of coffee and not want to murder anybody by the time I get yes. to school. Um, and uh, I had to find someone else to come because the other teacher helps with it. She couldn't come on that day, so I had to find someone else to come with me. And I thought I was going to have to do, like, a real hard sell job, but then I just, uh, asked one of my buddies, and he was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, thanks, that's real great of you. <laughs> yeah. Is that a weekday? Yeah, it's Wednesday. Oh, well, you're just like, I'll yeah. be a sub, and I'll just come. Yeah. Whatever. But even, but still, it's the whole, like, meeting at school yes. at 6.30. Yeah. I thought it was going to be, like, the real hard sell. And the thing with teens is, is that they're... They're a special age grouping where there's no time where they're quiet. No. Very, like, my nieces, six or four and ten, get them up before five and they don't want to talk to you, won't talk to you because they're tired AF. Yeah. Teens, any time of day. Mm-hmm. Any time of night. Even just, if they're tired. Even if they're just chat, 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 yeah. chat, 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 chat. Adults, quiet all the time. <laughs> Unless they're, you know, drunk or angry or happy or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever well, emotion. I was going to say, when they feel a normal range of human emotion. Yeah. <laughs> but not at fucking five in the morning. Oh, then. no. And the best part about these kids is, like, they know mm-hmm. when to talk to me and when not to. Like, they can tell. That's amazing. Yeah. They've learned. They're pretty intuitive, which is nice, because, like, I don't like mornings. Like, at all. It's, it's terrible. Yeah, I know. And so, like, I even, when I asked for, for help on that day, I was like, I'll even put all the loud kids on my bus so that you don't have to worry about, like, them breaking out into a cheer because like, they will. Um, and I don't even know if that, like, registered. And I was like, oh, sweet. This is even better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> it's like, because then I'm going to put the loud kids on, on your bus. bus. <laughs> Oh, man. I love that. Yeah. So, and that, it's funny, too, because, like, the swim thing, it's, like, you get to the pool, and you think it would just be, like, quiet. Not quiet, but, like, it's not. Cause, Pools like, are the worst for sound. But also, like, the thing with the kids, and there's the cheering, and there's, like, they have their cheers, and then there's the school that you used to work at, and they have, like, 900 kids on their team. Uh-huh. And so they're just automatically the loudest and the biggest and I want them all to drown like it's not personal and I'm sure they're all wonderful people but just like fuck off um (laughs) like it's just it's infuriating to me um and like you're 19 coaches like I just none of it makes sense but anyway whatever and then don't say my don't say my (laughs) I don't work there you're most closely associated (laughs) I do not work there (laughs) and it was just I hated every I hate everything about it and then and then our kids like get really and then one of our coaches who like he graduated last year and now he's back helping coach, and he's, like, possibly the loudest person I have ever met in my entire life. Um, he'll be there, and then he'll try, to, and I'm just, like, I'm not looking forward to that part. Mm. Like, can I take earplugs and have a nap for seven hours? You need, what's a nice, quiet sport? That's what you need. There aren't any. Cross country, probably. Cross country. Yeah. I don't, or... I mean, and it's funny, like, I complain, and whatever, and I don't actually mind it. Like, the mornings really suck. Uh, and the biggest part of the problem is that, like, once I'm done with that, I still have, like, a 10-hour workday. I think that's probably the biggest issue. Yes. Right? Whereas, like, if I was coaching football, for real, mm-hmm. um, you know, I could show up at work at, like, 8.30 in the morning mm-hmm. and then have a 10-hour day all-inclusive and then walk away. Yeah. We're nice. 10-hour minimum. 
I was gonna say that. I was just thinking about that, and I was like, no, that is untrue because our football coach spent probably twelve hours a day at school for the bulk of football season. Mm-hmm. But it's also shorter, so. Well, but it also starts in like fucking April. Well, kind of. I mean, you know, and then has but it has to stop at like by like May fifteenth, and then there's nothing until like That's August, true. right? They can't do anything. Um, yeah, it's it's great. It's it's good. I love it. Love it so much. So once that's done, my life will be so much better. Mm-hmm. I just hate it so much less. And it's like it's coming very fast. It is. And then you'll have winter break. And then exams. Oh, and then this is just like the the crunch to get to like December fifth is the worst. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then everything else is just like a fucking breeze. It's true. And the next semester, uh, I'm teaching this class. Um, it's like English and Social Twenty combined and so I'm doing the English part and someone else is doing the social but we like we each have two blocks of the class and so we do this this combo thing and we're both getting a student teacher from King's instead of from the U of A oh nice uh and they start two weeks earlier so they start on like the beginning of the semester which is so smart oh it's super smart so we have Uh. this like 11 week student teacher coming our way I have a student teacher right now and it's fine and she's doing fine and and everything's fine but it's just like I'm getting kind of bored and I still have like Mm, four weeks. Yeah. Once we're back. Four weeks? Five weeks. Four weeks. Four weeks. Once we're back. And she's taking over, like, everything. So, I'm just kind of like... Yeah, it's tough. Because you still have a sense of responsibility because you have to support that person. Yeah. You have to monitor that person. Yeah, I have to be at work. (laughs) Yes, but you're really not doing the work. Yeah, so, like, I didn't bring home any work this break because I only have one class worth of stuff left to mark and I can probably ban that out on the Monday that we're back mm-hmm. and I don't see them until the Tuesday anyway so because oh, it's full your class so yeah like I'm like okay well, well I guess I'll uh-huh. not do any work which like good for you oh it's great good for you I worked my tail off to get to this point yes so. but you took your own advice that you always gave me that I would always ignore <laughs> and actually I'm having a real break I might have to do a little bit of work this week like some reading and some prep but that it doesn't have to be finished. But that's also... Normal. Normal. Yeah. Doing that almost every day or every two days or every three days anyway. Yeah, it's not on top of all of the marking no. and stuff, which is kind of nice. Um, yeah. So that's been my, my fall break. It's only Tuesday and I still have like five more days, six more days, six more days after today. Six more days? Yeah. Crushing it. No. Five more. I don't know. Five more after today. Today is the fourth. Day. It's more than one day. That's all I can. It is more than one day. So <laughs> suck it, everyone else. <laughs> everyone who makes fun of me for driving all that way to work every day, uh, you can suck it because yeah. I don't have to go to work on Thursday. It's pretty amazing. It is pretty amazing. What do you want to talk about? Well, in our intro, we did reference outlocking. We did. We should probably talk about that. Sure. Um, I really liked it. I quite enjoyed it. I did too. It was very bloody. Oof. Like, it was very Braveheart-esque in a lot of ways, like, in that respect. Um, Which I understand, but here's my thing. Like, I don't need to see people's throats slit open. No. Like, I don't... I understand that that happened. Yeah. Sure. In the context of history. But you're a film. You're not a (laughs) documentary. I don't need to see it. What about the disemboweling? Oh, that hanging and quartering was... I looked away. 
Yeah, I looked away too. I couldn't have. But whenever I, and here's the thing, whenever I see stuff like that on, on screen, I'm always kind of like off put by it for obvious reasons because like I'm a human being and I'm not bloodthirsty. So <laughs> there's that. But I also think about how like people used to go and watch. Like hangings. Hangings and executions and, and stuff. Like that was a thing that people would do. And I, whenever I teach Shakespeare, I always talk about how like entertainment options were super limited. Mm-hmm. And people would like go watch bear, like bear fights or the theater or the executions. Whatever like, they could afford and guess which ones are free. Yeah. And I was <laughs> like, oh my, okay. And, and that was just a thing that people would do. Mm-hmm. And so like, I, you know, I mean, it's gross and I don't like watching it and whatever. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, but people like literally used to do this. And it really, like, especially for that, well, I don't know if it's for fun. I think it's, like. But to be part, maybe to be part of the spectacle, if nothing else. But it's also, you are a part of what's happening in your community. Like, maybe you know the person. Yeah, Or maybe you know of the crime that that person is being hanged for. So you're there in support or, I don't know, in against. Mm -hmm. Or the ruling or whatever. I think it's more being a part of a community than it is necessarily entertainment. But also, oh god, that hanging and quartering scene was so awful. It really was. I'd heard of that, but I never thought of them as concurrent actions. Right. Until I saw the film. Yeah, that makes sense. That, that, yeah, that totally makes sense. One of the things I thought was really interesting was how they had, like, uh, William Wallace's arm, like, up on the... Did you notice that? Yeah. And I was like, hey, that's... Because, like, because in Braveheart, right, um, you get, you know, you know that he dies, obviously, because you see the, like, mm-hmm. whatever, the handkerchief, like, fall from his hand, right, when they chop his head off. Um, and so, and you know, they tell you at the end that that's what happened to him. And, like, that is what happened to William Wallace. And he was drawn and quartered, and his, like, head was put on a pike, and, you know, and his limbs were sent to the four corners, and to remind, and, and, so, like, I just, I, like, I thought it, I mean, sounds like a weird thing to say, but it was kind of, like, a nice touch to have that, so, like, here's the continuation of that story. Yeah. Um, because if you're not sure, the Ella King is about, um, Robert Bruce, who became King of Scotland, and, um, in, like, 1306, I think it was, and, like, William Wallace died in, like, 1290 seven or told on eight i want to say mm-hmm. um and then so robert bruce was a key became the king of scotland um in 1306 but he was also like an outlaw from the english because everybody in scotland was an outlaw at the time um god the fucking english oh, no, man. The worst. and uh and then in 1314 he like led the scottish forces in the battle of bannockburn where they beat they defeated the english um and uh ruled, I think, until, like, 13, I was like, 1327 or 28 or something like that. Like It, it was, was a long yeah, time. Yeah, he ruled for a long time. So, like... It's 20 or 29? What? It was a long... It yeah, was a long time. something like that. And so, like, so he was he was on the throne for quite some time, sort of much to the chagrin of, of the English, I'm sure. Um, and I thought that, like, the telling of the story was, was interesting because they didn't go into all that, like, broad detail about him, which I thought was nice. They, like, here's a little specific kind of pathway. Entrance point, yeah. Which... Because the danger, I think, in that some something like that is that you get you get so much into the backstory and you know, like even Braveheart. Like I like Braveheart; it's a bad movie, all things considered, when you look at like inaccuracies and whatever. Mm-hmm. But it, like you get his childhood and you get this like broad, and then you get him coming back this like 
sort of learned man, and I'm like, I don't need that shit. No. So I kind of appreciated that this was the like... The fast forward. Yeah, that here's so we're starting with you pledging fealty to the king, and now we're gonna go... Because you've been crushed. Yes, and, and now, why are, now why are you an outlaw? Uh-huh. And then now let's do some more fighting. Yeah. Which I thought was really great. It was. What I would have appreciated more is a sense of time, because in the film, it felt like this took place over, I don't know, two weeks? Yeah. But it was not. But definitely yeah. was not. Like, it was years. And it didn't help that his daughter was the same age. His wife looked a third of his age. Yeah, and also a third of his size, apparently. Of, yes. <laughs> very. She's like, a me, and a you. <laughs> That's what it was, height-wise. <laughs> and I, that was a little bit unclear to me as a viewer. Mm-hmm. But man, was it ever shot gorgeously. Oh, it really was. It's so, like, oh. they, they filmed it, I'm assuming, on location mostly in Scotland, would yeah. be my guess, just for, like, some of the, like, the landscape and whatever. And it was, and I found the coloring of it really interesting. It was much more bright than any other Scottish movie I've ever seen. Yes. Like, we yes. watch a lot of Outlander, and it's always grim. <laughs> it's always raining. Yeah. And it wasn't No. so. No. Um... I know it was beautiful. Like it was absolutely gorgeous, um, but the opening—it was funny. So like the opening shot, the opening sequence, we watched it at the same time, and, and Kelsey texted me and she was like, "Has this all been one continuous shot?" And I was like, "I think maybe." I fucking knew it because as I was, and I mentioned this to Reva because she watched it on the weekend as well, and I mentioned it to her, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I guess it was," because um, I went back and watched like immediately as soon as it finished I was like go back to the beginning and let's watch this shit again and I timed it and it was like eight and a half minutes of a continuous shot uh-huh. and it and, and it was funny because I didn't notice it at first and I was like no there's something weird happening here it's because the camera is constantly moving yes and that was but what is I couldn't quite figure it out and then once I was like oh I don't think there's been a cut yet mm-hmm. and then you texted it and then I was like no I think we're I think that's totally what it is mm-hmm. um and it was so cool because like it took you through this large portion of the story without forcing any perspective it was just like here's what happened Mm -hmm. and it made that where they were that like camp where they were it made it feel like it was this giant giant space because the camera never stopped moving Mm -hmm. and then finally like after you text like has this been one shot i was like yeah maybe it has and then when like the catapult thing was like oh it definitely has because like that camera didn't flinch Mm -mm. and that was incredible i can't imagine how satisfying that must have been, though. To you... be the English king, fucking slice that rope on the catapult, see the flaming ball go yeah. explode, and then just be like, suck it, Scots! <laughs> like... <laughs> With Scots in your camp. Don't yeah, forget. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Who have just, just pledged loyalty to you because you crushed them so hard. Yeah. Like, what... A mic drop of a move. Oh, no kidding. But also fuck the English. <laughs> oh, like, just fuck them forever. Every time I see something like this, I always think about um, Frankie Boyle, the Scottish comedian, mm-hmm. who was talking about global warming one day, and he was like, on the one hand, like, global warming, you know, it's going to be, like, a catastrophe. He was like, but on the other hand, we'll be able to sit in the mountains and watch the English drown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, it seems about right. It does. Sounds about fair. No, it was good. I thought it was, I thought it was a really well done movie. Like, Netflix production values on their stuff is, like, super high. Super high. I'm I'm concerned about that, though. How so? <laughs> that it's not sustainable 
for what they're trying to do because there's a whole bunch. This is not related to Outlaw King, but like Disney is starting to create their own streaming service. That's going to pull a lot of stuff out of Netflix. Yeah. And I'm worried they're not going to have any cash, man. We're just going to see Netflix originals all the time, which aren't batting a hundred. So it's a little bit concerning. What I also loved about Outlaw King, though, was the accents were on point. They were. Pine did not falter. No. And I was listening for it. Oh, me too. And I thought he did an excellent job. And I also thought that everybody was crazy as fuck. And it was terrifying. Yes, they were. <laughs> like, I I mean, Aaron Taylor Johnson was unrecognizable. <laughs> fucking mountain he was like the dun bonnet yes. <laughs> but but cannibalistic yes. like, i don't know how else to describe yeah, he him. was yeah he was intense <laughs> he was real intense mm-hmm. um no it was uh yeah it was really well done like it was really 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 well done mm-hmm. and i was really impressed by it um was it a great movie no no is it as eminently rewatchable as all the boys i've loved before no. No. But for different reasons. Like, it's <laughs> yes. not that it's a bad movie. I don't need to see that guy's guts spilling out again. So I'm, I'm good. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, I don't understand this desire to, you know, pray to this god of authenticity. I don't. It's a film. Like, it doesn't matter. But <laughs> what did matter to me was, of course... All of the hype we've heard about Chris Pine's full frontal scene. Yeah. Was it Vox, Vice, whoever it was, said that Chris Pine's penis dazzles. I think it was Vox. Vox at the Outlaw King. They used the word dazzle. Although I would say that perhaps maybe on like a movie screen. A big screen. Maybe so. Maybe more so than on my TV. Fair. Because... It was like a nothing. It was like a nothing. I mean, it's there, but it was a nothing. It was a nothing. Yeah. I almost thought it was going to be when he has the sex scene with his wife. Yeah, that would have been a million times better. Because that was very hot. It was. It was a well... It was too short. I was like, really? They're they're both finishing within 12 seconds. Get fucking real. I went back and watched it again. (laughs) And I feel like, I'd have to look, I think there was a cut, to be perfectly honest. Mm -hmm. So I think the implication is that it was longer than that. Now what are you talking about, Megan? I'm just saying, in this scene, I feel like there, I was not, I don't think it was a single shot scene. No. I think there was a cut. And so. No, because you see his, his very nice buttocks. Very nice. I'm I'm appreciating the like pro pu- pro buns era that we're in. Oh, absolutely. It's, and more than just lady buns. Yes. Like just show me. Lady buns are fine. Yeah. But show me what those dudes are working with. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but like, show me what those dudes are working with in general, because Reva and I again were talking about this yesterday, and she's like, "Yeah, I was kind of." I was like, "No, it was a little bit like disappointing for the hype and whatever." But at the same time, like at some point in time, I would like it to not be an issue. Yes. Where it's just a thing, and there it is. Like it's just. Okay. We see tits all the time. Like, if I had to be subject to Dr. Manhattan's giant blue dong and watch me <laughs> for, like, 45 minutes, right? Uh, yeah. 
Because it's only when you see it on TV is he, like, wearing the underwear because you can't have penises so, on the TV. <laughs> he is? Yeah, like there's... briefs? There's, it's like, a, it's a thing. Yeah, it's awful. Um, but, like, you know, if I had to be subject to that and he's, like, a cartoon character, you know, yes. I'm just saying. Okay, so now that we're in the post hashtag legalize it world Canada, <laughs> yeah, maybe our next... Our next mission is hashtag normalize it. Yeah, maybe. Get those dongs on our TVs. (laughs) But, like, it's just... And I I guess the thing is, is, like, you say, like, you see women. You see, like, yeah, like, there's tits just all over the place. I've seen tits. I've seen vaginas. Yeah. Fine. You see it all. But, like, yeah, with, 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 um... For whatever reason, that, like, male nudity in film is, like, the sort of last, mm-hmm. like, taboo. Right? And I'm just like, well, is it, though? I don't know. I'm trying to think of another dong I've seen on screen that's not Dr. Manhattan. Which isn't a real dong. Yeah. Jezebel had a fantastic article. <laughs> Did you read it? No, but I like. <laughs> oh, it's with a guy who makes prosthetic penises for films. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it starts off with her interview with him, and she's like, "So I sent you the screenshot of <laughs> Chris Pine and Outlocking. Do you think it's real, or do you think it's fake?" <laughs> That's, That's like funny. how the article starts. Yeah. But it's. Which, according to Chris Pine, it's real. It is real. That's what he I says. think it is real. Because there's nothing necessarily, I'm sorry, Chris Pine, thing, like, special about it. No, <laughs> but also, about? like, well, and that's the thing, too. Like, so I mentioned this at work, and I work with a bunch of dudes, and, like, whatever. Um, and we were talking about this, and mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm like, I was like, if Chris Pine is leading the charge, and, like, dicks on screen, I'm in. And they were just looked at me, and I was like, remember that time I wasn't a work bro? This is one of those times. <laughs> <laughs> just remember that. <laughs> Do you think it's because, do you think men are hesitant about it because this is, this is our most R-rated podcast, right? <laughs> Because, uh, penises are ugly? Yeah, exactly! Totally. Because they'd prefer it if they are erect. Yes. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I, I was, I was talking about this with another friend, um, on Twitter, and that's exactly what she said. She's like, yeah, but it'll probably be, she's like, it'll probably be flaccid, and that's ugly. And I'm like... Yeah, fair point. Yeah. Because it's true. Not super attractive. Whereas, like, a woman doesn't need to be aroused for her tits to look great. Like, that's the thing, right? All Um, tits are great. Tits in their normal state are great. It's true. It's very true. But yeah, anyway, so maybe at some point in time this will be, like, a non-issue. But I was, That's like, after, saying, well, the, after the things that I had read about, like, yeah, how, maybe on a bigger screen, maybe it would have been more impressive. Because it was, like, you had to pause it and squint. Yeah, there was not great lighting. He was backlit. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about the composition of that. Actually, to be fair, though, when he, like, comes out of the water there. Yeah. Like, it's really well, a really well put together shot. It's a beautifully composed shot. Yeah. I agree. He's just a little far out. And then he's just hidden from the hill. Yeah. Or hidden by the hill as he puts on his robe. And I fucking knew that he loved dressing in robes because he did all that vacation dresses. And I was like, I knew it! (laughs) I noticed that that shirt that he put on was very reminiscent of, like, Jamie Fraser's clothing in, uh... His sleepy time clothing? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, in the wedding. Yep. 
Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. But anyway, watch Outlaw King. <laughs> it's good. It's totally worth watching. It's a hard R for sure. Oh, absolutely. Because the Prince of Wales is a f- fucking maniac. Yeah, he really, really is. Kelsey texted Jerry and she's like, he looks like Adam Larson. <laughs> he does! Well, man, he does. It's true, but it just kind of made me laugh. <laughs> he does. But, wh- and I asked you this question too, what's up with all the Prince of Wales is just being fucking awful? They're always assholes awful. in movies. Always, always, always. They're just... The worst. I don't get it. I don't either. It's like a curse. But yeah, Outlaw King was good. Good job, Netflix. Good job, Netflix. More Chris Pine? More Chris Pine. Also, his wife was wonderful. Oh, she was great. She was so beautiful. <laughs> on their wedding wonderful. night, this, I thought that like the sequence of like those three, Hilarious. Those yeah. three <laughs> scenes was really funny. So on their wedding night, she's like, I think she's pretty young too in comparison to him. Like he's got a daughter already from his first and like his first wife died in childbirth and whatever. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think they had, they ended up having like four or five kids. Oh, wow. Afterwards, yeah. Anyway, um, on the wedding night, she just like, they like get the blessing from the priest, which is all so fucking awkward. Like, it's such a weird thing. And they're sitting side by side. So close together yes. on that tiny bed. Yes. But then like, he just leaves. Yeah. He's like, well, good night. Yeah, which, like, and I, I thought it was funny, and then there was, like, a little snarky comment about how little time it took, and then this woman's like, well, you'd know a lot about that, wouldn't you? And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, fucking burn. And then, and then the second time they, like, have an encounter at night, mm-hmm. she comes to him and, like, tells him that, you know, she's chosen him and she's with him and all this kind of stuff, and then she kisses him and walks away, and I was like, oh, heck yes. It's and he's great. just like, but Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the third time, super great. Very great. Although I was wondering, like, where was the daughter sleeping in this whole thing? I'm pretty sure she was right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's concerning. Is it, though? That was pretty normal. This is where I don't want to apply hashtag normalize it. But I thought it was, like, what people (laughs) did. Like, you'd have, like, like, the parents would, like, sleep in the bed and the children just slept on the floor in the same room. And everybody had, like, 19 children, so, you know? I guess when there's no TV to watch. Yeah. No Netflix movies. No Netflix <laughs> movies about Chris's pine. <laughs> um, is that that's the episode title, isn't it? It has to be. Netflix movies about Chris's no, pine. No, the one with Chris's pine. Oh, just... oh, for sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> until we in half an hour when we come up with something, just even I better. did. I'm. I just want to make clear. Make hashtag normalize it a thing, people. <laughs> we need to put that out. <laughs> Um, they'll put that in the, in the episode description. Um, no, it was good. It was worth watching. She was great, though. Like, his wife, phenomenal. She was so, so, so good. So sensitive. So smart. Yeah. Really, I think, excellent acting from her. And I was just so scared when they took the daughter oh, away no. from her. Oh, my God. And then when they, like, put her in that cage, like, hanging outside the castle over the water... And then, like, their little reunion scene at the end was so great. It was so sweet. Because, like, a lot of times, a lot, and I mean, I don't know, but a lot of times when you see, like, movies that are set sort of in, like, that medieval time period, like, the marriage tends to be, like, one of convenience. And they, like, tolerate each other, but they don't necessarily like each other. Yeah. And I think, and I don't know, like, obviously I'd have to do some, some reading and whatnot, but I would, I would assume that, like, you know, they base that in some kind of, you know something that's got some historical evidence that they were mm-hmm. actually quite taken with each other. 
Um, but yeah, like, I just, I really enjoyed that scene at the end. Me too. When he comes, like, up on the horse and whatever. And then she's, she's so tiny, like, she's She's so, so I was just like, put her on a fucking box. Yeah, like, make so this more pleasing to the eye. <laughs> but I was reading this morning that the director cut 20 minutes. I want to know what was in those 20 minutes. Like, 20 minutes. Yeah. It was already two hours. Yeah. And I thought at times, I was like, whoa, we've got, we've covered a lot here. Uh Like, especially that opening scene where you're like trying to figure out the relationships between all these people. And it's, it's a bit tough at times. And it's tough because it doesn't actually tell you because there's no cuts to like, yes, like put these two together and which I, again, really liked. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine what else would be. Apparently, he cut a battle scene from, like, their, um, capitulation to the British. Okay. Like, the defeat. And then, I don't know what, but that's still maybe, I don't know, three minutes of screen time? Maybe. Max? Um, so apparently they, they, they screened it at TIFF. Yes, and I remember that. And that's when he, and that's why he cut footage. Oh, he cut it then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it did get great reviews then. It did. It got good. It did get not great good reviews, but not, not, not great. Yeah. 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 I don't think the Rotten Tomatoes is correct though. It's too low. Yeah. Um. And, oh, in the early cut. Oh, I'm just reading here now. In the early cut, we actually briefly saw William Wallace. Yes, I did read that too. And but Wallace that was probably not necessary. Not necessary. No. Because it doesn't matter. To no, because you story. see his arm. Yeah. Um, oh, apparently, a few moments involving um, involving Elizabeth falling in love with Robert have been cut down. Oh, that's too bad. That is too bad. That's too bad. Because they're a unit. Mm-hmm. was such a compelling story. It was. It was, it, yeah. Because, like, the fear that she had mm-hmm. when she was, like, going to get married, right? It was, like... Um, oh, my God, in the marriage scenes and the funeral scenes? Yeah. Oh, those were stunning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really neat movie. Very lush and lavish. Which is surprising, considering I don't think of those times as lush and lavish. Yeah, it's, um... Yeah, like, it's it really is truly... Like, I'm just reading this this guy here who saw both cuts of it and said, like, this one is better uh-huh. because it doesn't drag as much or whatever. And he says, like, those who crave a gorgeously filmed, ultra-violent historical epic might find something worth fighting for. And, like, it was... I thought it was... It was fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't the best, like historical epic I've ever seen, but it was pretty good. Because that would be the last of the Mohicans? Uh, yes. Uh, Cha-ching! The best. Nailed it. Also, great soundtrack on that one. Mm. Um, and when that scene, when, (laughs) before they kiss, when he's, she's like, what are you looking at? And he's like, I'm looking at you, miss. Oh my. So great. So great. Um, anything else we want to talk about about this movie, or should we... Uh, meander on. <laughs> I think meander's a good word, because I don't know if we have a plan. No, we don't. Um, well, Outlander started again. It did. Last week's, we haven't oh, watched this week's episode, God. we're going to watch it after we're done here. We're about to. 
Um, last week's episode was incredible. It was harrowing. It was. And the thing with Outlander is, like, we've read the books. We know what's going on. It's happening. not like we don't know what's going And they still manage every time. Yeah. I'm always like, holy fuck, what? Yes. Yeah. Because it's... I don't even know how to s- describe how they manage to keep you feeling discombobulated all the time. All the time. Like, just like the characters are. Like, you just felt like they were going to get their feet and their heads level. They've decided to start a new life in America. Yeah. They're gonna go see Jamie's aunt and hopefully get some connections and assistance with that. Yeah. And then, oh, just a fucking rogue is gonna come. Oh, and he's so charming and I hate it. Mm. I cannot, this is still my problem. Why the fuck is Jamie so trusting? I know. He's Jamie wary, of all people. He's wary of everyone. As he should yeah. be. I wonder if it's because Stephen Bonnet, spoilers I guess, by the way, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, I, th- I wonder if it's because Stephen Bonnet is also from away. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, he's from Ireland and there's that sort of like, you know, I don't know if the Scots and the Irish were necessarily like on the same side of anything, but you know what I, I see mean? What you mean. That, like, there's sort of, like, that kindred... Brothers in arms. Brothers against the English kind of deal. Right? And that they're both, they're, they're, they're like, ch- trying to make something of themselves. Yes. You know. But he's just so fucking charming. He is. And but I he was, was also, I, when he was with Claire... I did not find him charming at all. No, I found him creepy. Yes. And I and can't believe that so. she wasn't feeling that. Um, yeah, I think, I think part of it is, like, she's with this, like, rogues gallery of men all the time, and so, like, to oh. her, maybe she's sort of nonplussed by it at this point. Because everyone that she's with is, <laughs> like, on the run from somebody and something. and Including her. Including her, right? And so yes. maybe to her it's like, well, okay, just another one. Like, she doesn't really, you know. But I re- it was funny, too, because I was reminded of how much better I like Irish accents than Scottish accents <laughs> when listening to him talk. And I was like, oh, yeah, oh right. heck yeah, okay. Because for- I forgot that he was Irish. Because it's been a while since I didn't since know I've- that he was Irish. It's been a while since I've read... So what is, what is what is the subtext here? Is this a an anti-Irish? Oh, probably. So we Irish. have not seen an Irish character. No. I don't know at all. Yeah. In this story. Yeah. Obviously anti-Brit. Very much so. But I mean, of course, we haven't seen an Irish character because like yes. they're just in America and they've been in Scotland. That's and true. France and Jamaica. Yeah. Oh, yeah. remember last season though. <laughs> oh man. But like the thing about this show that I think is really cool. And so I was it was funny because on Monday night last week when I watched the first episode because I didn't watch it Sunday because I had a choir thing and we were supposed to have choir Monday night and we didn't. So I was home and I was like, "Okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to watch this." And we watched it at the same time. At the same yeah. time. And um it was also like bonfire night. Mm. Right? Like oh, yeah, that's of right. Guy Fox Day or whatever. And so two of the guys that I work with, we've got like our, our little group chat and I, t- I texted them both and I was like, I'm disappointed that you guys didn't show V for Vendetta mm-hmm. today. Uh, and the one guy got it right away. The other guy was like, I've never seen that. And I was like, oh, fuck me. And I was like, what is wrong with you? And then I was like, if I wasn't watching Outlander, I would definitely be watching V for Vendetta. And then again, I haven't seen that either. And so, um, 
one of the other guys, like, the other one, he, like, went through the gifts on, on, like, just on iMessage and found, like, an Outlander gift that wasn't dirty somehow. It was just Jamie being, like, I can't remember. It wasn't racy. And I was, like, you had to scroll way far down <laughs> to find that. You had to like, look, and I appreciate I it. I do appreciate it, because I think, like, the third gift is, like, Jamie lifting his head up from between Claire's legs. Oh, season one. <laughs> yeah, and it's okay, really I'm funny. Anyway, at so, the moment. And so we were sort of joking about that, and, and then, um... And then I was like, no, it's based on these books that I read and whatever. And the one guy, like, he's like, oh, yeah. And she's like, I told my wife about it. And he's like, she, like, kind of watched the first little bit of the first episode because, of course, it's on Netflix. He's like, she's, her interest has been piqued. And I was like, let me tell you, if you watch it with her, major points. Just do it. Just trust me on this But also one. your interest should also be Yeah, piqued. it's great. It's great. It's a historical epic. It's not just naked dudes. No. It's There's a lot of girls. naked Claire. A lot of... Oh, yeah, there's the gif. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) It's really great. God, their relationship must be fucking stellar to be able to do that day in, day out and call that work. No kidding, hey? Um, Work. Um, So things we're looking forward to coming up in this season. Oh, the the thing that I'm looking most forward to is, like, this dumb small little thing in the fourth book between Roger and Brianna when she, like goes to have a bath, and she comes out of the bathroom, and he, like, is up, like, in yes. the hallway, and they, like, there's just this, like, spark between them. That might be my favorite scene in all of the books. See, that's your favorite scene, but I didn't like it, because I was just, I was, I don't know, 20 when I read these, and I was like, just fuck already! Like, oh, but like, now it's just, like, <laughs> but, like, oh, it's so much better that they don't, I think. Okay, so... But I'm just, like, I, I mean, I'm I'm fully setting myself up to be very disappointed because I feel like that's not going to be in. I feel like the, there's probably a better way for them to, like, deal with that relationship. Yeah. But that scene is just, like... Because they tried to do that at the Christmas where Claire leaves. Yes. Like, they changed that whole yeah. chronology yeah. for season three to cram all that stuff together. Yeah. Um, but, like, that scene, like, there's just something about it... Um, it's sexy. It really, it, but it is, and it's also, it's like, now that I, and now, and this is like the, the, the connection, I guess, between like the books and the show, and now that I know what like Roger sounds like, because I don't really, whatever, I would like to just like hear him drop his voice. Yes. Right? Yes. Because like, they're, yeah, yeah. Would love for him to just clean up the face a bit, and the hair a bit. Like, he's just too shaggy, and yeah. I know he's like... A 60s fucking history yeah. professor. Yeah, so... <laughs> and he's fitting a certain aesthetic. I get it. But it's also just, like, why are men allowed to be like this and yet Brianna's perfect and clean and gorgeous? We had this conversation about Outlaw King, too. He looks like trash. And the women are stunning. Flawless. And flawless. Yeah. I don't, don't understand. So what else are you looking forward to this season? Well, obviously Brianna and Jamie's meetup. Oh my god. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. And if we're only at Anchicosta for episode two. Yeah. I think it might be halfway through again. Yeah. And that's. A long time for That's a long. Because book four is so long. Yeah. And they've already planted the regulators. Yeah. Narrative in there. Yeah. And there's so much that happens on their homestead. Yeah. I'm kind of looking forward to that, too. Yes. And, like, the building of, you know... And Ian. And Ian. 
What's his dog's name? Rolo. Rolo. Right. Yeah. Did we already meet Rolo? Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, that's right. We that's met right. him last week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, here's my problem with Ian. Hit me with it. The guy who plays him in the show... Sucks. It's not that he sucks. <laughs> he is nothing like what Ian should be. Which is... Like, Ian's like Hot-headed this, and temperamental yeah, and like Ian, and, But Ian's like this... In, 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 the, in the show, the guy they have, he's like this is like pale, blonde, spindly little man. Yeah. And I just don't quite buy it. Like, because, you know, there's he gets the tattoos and what, later on, right, where he gets, like, the face, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I don't know yeah. about this. I didn't like that casting either. Um, I also had forgotten, which makes no sense because I just watched season three again, that Fergus is uh, older now. He's a man? He's <laughs> a man now. Yeah. But also, he doesn't look 38. He no. looks like 20. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jamie and Claire don't look. The no, they've gone. They've either. gone very soft on aging. Yeah, I mean, they age before. them up, and and Claire's got teeny bit. But Claire's got like the gray in her hair. Oh, speaking of, here's this commercial. It's no, like, we can't watch. No, it's just no, it's just a commercial. A preview for next episode. Not really. It's just been showing things that are happening this season. Because oh yeah, yeah there's it's stuff in the past. And stuff that's coming and. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I'm looking, I'm just super fucking looking forward to all of it. Um, and the thing that we talked about last week is that Claire is always, always, always DTF. Oh, always. Yes. I mean, I suppose if your partner is Jamie Fraser, it wouldn't be hard. Which is what we talked about, because, like, they get down to business immediately, yeah. and then finish immediately. And I don't have an issue, it's, I don't have an issue with that, because it's, Because like, it's Jamie. But it's also a regular thing. True. Right? Like, it's, you know, they know, they know how to get things done real quick. Whereas, like, the, whereas, like, you know, locking, it's their first time, and there's no... Exactly! Yeah. I know, I know, I know, I understand. See, I don't need to see the drawn and quartering. <laughs> but I do need to see it's more sex. <laughs> is the thirty minutes of foreplay that it takes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <sighs> um, I bet you it wouldn't have been, been thirty minutes. Because it's Chris Pine? Because it, but also the implication <laughs> is that like, you know, he's unmarried because his wife is dead. Yeah. And he's got this daughter and he's been off like trying to kill the English. So I feel like there's not been a lot of like Opportunity. Opportunity. Mm. So probably wouldn't have been. Because endurance is low. Yeah. Which, 12 seconds maybe? I don't know. No. Come on. <laughs> Come on. See, uh, I don't teach children anymore, so this is unrated Kelsey from here on in. It's true. I teach children, but I <laughs> don't care. Um, I like it all. Um, yeah, I don't know. No, this season of Outlander should be good. Because there's lots happening. There's introduction of new characters, and there's, like, mm-hmm. new tension, and that whole, like, Roger and Bree quarrel that happens later because of the, like, lie of omission. Yes. Which, like, again, I don't really understand. <sighs> That's why I want to see what the show does about Yeah. Because I don't get why he would do that. Well, I don't... <sighs> there's a lot of... Yeah. There's a lot of problems about it. But what is frustrating to me again as always with Outlander is how in this season there's so much rape as motivation for female characters. Yes. And that's just exhausting. It is. Like that tro- but I mean like at the same time I guess like I'm not it's not okay, but like it is from the source material. 
Yes, but also, like, Diana. Yeah, but, like, but, I mean, it's not, like, but I'll, I'll, at least I'll give it this. Like, they're not inventing this narrative for the purpose of the show. Like, they're, at least they're drawing it from the existing material. And, like, I don't think it necessarily needs to be in that source material, but it's there. And so, Mm -hmm. it's being employed. So, let's talk about evil men. Sure. Because last season we saw an evil woman, Gayless Duncan. Yeah. Obviously, the first two seasons, there was quite a few evil men. Yeah. With Blackjack and um, Bonnie Prince. Yeah. And now we've got Stephen Bonnet. Oh, and I think he's the he's like the evilest of them all. I don't know. I do. Come on. What's his motivation? Oof. Right? That's that's why I would say. Because, like, I mean, He's I'm just not... just a rogue? Yes. Whereas, like, I, like Black Jack, I mean, he was awful. But, you, like... He tortured Jamie. Right. T- multiple times. Right. For sexual pleasure, right. Megan. But, uh, but... For his own pleasure. I don't... Well, I'm sure. But I also... And I'm not... Again, like, this doesn't make it okay. But, like, I feel like... That was the only way that he understood how to express the emotion that he felt towards Jamie. Whereas, like, I don't think Stephen Bonnet has that. Because in the books, like, you don't you don't get that from him. He just does things. He's, like, he is, like, the chaotic evil yes, on that. Yes, For sure. On the scale, yeah. Right? Because he talks to Claire about her rings and then tracks them down oh. and takes not the valuable one. No. But the sentimental one. Yes. The one that she hasn't taken off for 30 years. Yeah. And that's what he steals from her. Yeah. Fuck, that was brutal. Oh, I know. That scene, can we talk about that scene for just oh. a second? So, they- The song? They, so, they let, they let Stephen Bonnet go. hmm I'm sorry, I just got all spoiler you know, Landry, I apologize. So, they let Stephen Bonnet go, like, off into the woods and- Mm-hmm. You know, he's gonna go make his way doing whatever. And then they're on a ship, on a boat, and then Stephen Bonnet's back. And he's beating the shit out of everybody. He's beating the shit out of everybody. He's got, you know, two guys with him or whatever. And mm-hmm. they're just, they're just awful. And over top of this scene, in which you hear no dialogue, is Ray Charles mm-hmm. doing America the Beautiful. Like and, and multiple times during that episode, I texted you and I was like, "Wow, the political political subtext of this episode." Yeah, this was just this. Wow, that last sequence though, with like the song and everything, was like that was like the Spike Lee. Yes, it was subtext. Yes, and by subtext you I mean text. Text. Right, like it, that was the Spike Lee treatment on yes. this on this season so far because it was just like, oh, by the way, you're in. You're still in a place of violence. Yeah. This isn't a place of freedom. Yeah. And it was so, so, so good. And that scene was just awful to watch. Yeah, I had I had to look away. So, I had to look down at my phone because it was so uncomfortable. So here's my here's my wonder. So like and I mean you talked about like rape as motivation for characters and whatever. Yes. So the scene that's gonna come later mm-hmm. with Stephen Bonnet and Brie. Yes. What are the, like, how do you, where do you go from, like, because that, that scene that they showed us last week put 
cast Stephen Bonnet in this light that I don't even know if the book had quite cast him in by that point. Like, he was he was bad, but I don't think we got a sense of... But I think it's very different as it is with Diana's words in the show. It's much different to read it than it is to have mm-hmm. them show it to you. Because I knew what Blackjack did to Jamie was awful. Mm-hmm. But that fucking hour-long episode of his torture of Jamie mm-hmm. was f- fucking awful. Awful. And, like, you're not gonna burn that out of your psyche. Ever. No. So now, like, what do they do with that? Like, how can they make him more villainous and more of a threat? Yeah. (laughs) Because already, like, you know how bad it is. Yeah. Right? And how destroyed Claire is. But I'm also, like, Claire. Right? This is a bit of an overreaction. Yeah. You still have Jamie. Yeah. He's right there. Everyone's alive. But don't forget that that ring is, like, made out of the key. I know. It's the key to his heart and also his home. I get it. (laughs) It's not a very powerful deep symbol. Isn't it, though? (laughs) It's pretty surface level for symbolism. Is it, though? Yes! It is. But she has him. Uh Uh-huh. She has him. And then she has the symbol that represents her first husband. Yeah, but that's like... But she, but she's not upset about that. No, I know, but what I'm saying is like... if I'm sure if she were to be able to choose, she would have gladly given up the gold ring. Yes, which is what makes over, what he's done so evil. Right, and he knows that. Yes. Because in the, and I think in the book he sort of comes across as like... Like, he comes across as, like, very conniving as well. But, yeah. Like, very intelligent. And, you know, an observant and whatever. And yeah. so he pays a lot of attention and, you know, kind of hits people, like, right where it hurts. Yes. Um, but also for what gain? Like, what do they take? But that's why I think he is the biggest bad of them all so far. Because there isn't any gain. Because he just does these things out of pure malice. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no... There's no rationale. I mean, I'm, again, not saying, like, what Blackjack did was right, but in his mind, I bet he could rationalize it. I don't think that there's any kind of rationalization for this sort of... I bet for Steven, it's because I can. Yes, whereas other characters, it's like, there's there's an end goal. Yeah, this is how I make you love me. Yes, or whatever, whereas I don't think that's Stephen Punnett's M.O. No. So I, because I found it difficult to watch, I didn't watch as closely as maybe I should have. What else happened in that interaction? Jamie comes in and he's cradling his hand, which of course this is always broken hand Ugh. that I'm assuming is broken again. Yeah. Did they take anything? I don't think Did so. Did they rob them? They might have taken like some small stuff. It wasn't anything like. So they just attacked them to attack them. Yeah. And to take. Yeah. The like key the things... that's made of iron. Yeah. It's a key. Yeah. The things that the things ring. that meant the most. Yeah. Because that's that's how you like so fear, right? And in people. It's just because he did it because he could. Right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of the That's the thing. That's the point. And I think that that's, that would be why I think that he's kind of the worst. And I think the other reason too, is that like, you know, as this book 
progresses and as the story progresses, um, you know, Stephen Bonnet's actions impact more than just Jamie and Claire. Yes. And I think that's probably the other reason why. And he does things because he can. Mm-hmm. When he has that interaction with Bree, mm-hmm. does he know Bree's connection to Claire and Jamie? I can't remember. It's been so long since I read the fourth book. I feel like he might. I feel like he might know. Mm-hmm. And then... I'd have to look that up. But that's why, like, I haven't read book four in five, six years. Yeah. Whereas the other ones I would read, because the first three, I think, are the best. I think the second one is garbage. The second one's garbage, yes. But But I appreciate the narrative of the past and the the quote-unquote present told together. I like the structure of it. Yeah. Because this one moves away from past present because it can. Yes, because it can. But, so all of this, like, I know the major touch points that we've alluded to, but I can't remember the out, necessarily the outcomes of them, or the interactions that lead to them. So this is going to be more of a season in which I'm maybe someone a bit more fresh. Um, I just opened up on my Kindle app, (laughs) The Drums of Autumn, which is the fourth book, and... (laughs) <laughs> three guesses what scene is like save two. Oh no was my like last location read roger and brie yeah <laughs> oh. oh my god love it yeah it's always on brand it's true but like it's just there's just, yeah that scene just so great so 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 great so great do we how many episodes a season 13 16 13 13 again yeah yeah, I think it might be halfway through again. But, well, it's worth the wait. Hopefully it is worth the wait. Hopefully, Hopefully. it's included. I, I mean, it's like the first real... I'm just trying to think. It's like the first real, like, really, like, sexually charged interaction between them. Yes. Well, they do kiss at Christmas. Yeah, but it's... But it's more chaste and... Yes. Not necessarily des- vulnerable. Yeah. Than anything. Um, yeah. So, yeah. It's gonna be interesting. Also, how old is Bree supposed to be? 20? 21? 20, 21, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. And also, like, I, I, it's funny, too, because, like, as the seasons have gone on, like, the first season was just so great, because it was just, like, my one of my favorite books, like, on screen, right? Oh, and, and short-haired Jamie? Ugh, oh! I know. I know. Um, short-haired virginal Jamie. Like, because there's something about that, like, sort of charming, like, I don't know what the word is. He was very, very, like, concerned about, like, getting things right. And honor and... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and as he's aged and, you know, grown up a bit and matured, like... It's loosened considerably. And that's fine. (laughs) Like, there's nothing wrong with that, because obviously people are going to change or whatever. But, like, the first season was so good, and then the second season, like, took the weirdest narrative of the first four books and, like, turned it into a pretty great season. Mm -hmm. And and whatever. And then last season was just spectacular. The tops. 
the top. And now, like they've they've hit, they've set the bar pretty fucking high for season four, and I like that that it's just getting mm-hmm. better that they're not getting complacent in the creation of this show. Yes, but also, like this is why I stopped reading. I think after book five, just like how much trouble can these people have in their lives? I know. Like they're on. She's writing book nine right now. Hasn't she been for like nine years? <laughs> well, and it, I was thinking about this because you know The Last Kingdom on Netflix? Yes. Right. So they've taken these books, which of which there are 11 now. Mm-hmm. And the first two seasons of the show are eight episodes apiece. They're an hour long. And each book is told in like four episodes. Yes. They're shorter, about they're shorter yes, books. Yes. Like considerably shorter. But the also, f- Diana, cut some shit out. Yeah. Like even Drums of Autumn. 100 to 200 pages too long. Yeah. And that still leaves you, like, 800 pages. Yes! Like, it's, it's a, a huge book. book. Um, and so, like, there, there are ways maybe to tell the stories a little bit more concisely, but I'm really impressed with, like, how well they tell the stories. Mm-hmm. And, like, they hit those, the, the casting. The big moments, yeah. And they hit the casting, like, on the head for most of the people. Oh, I just miss young Fergus so much. He was so cute. He was so, so cute and so perfect. Yeah. But also, I think old Fergus is quite good. Yes. I just miss young Fergus. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. My lady. Oh. I know. He was adorable. He was adorable. Um, but yeah, so that's good. And we're going to watch the second episode once we're done here. Can't wait. Um, I'm back in on the bullshit with The Walking Dead. Okay. So, last season was just like a fucking disaster. But I was like, well, <laughs> I've made it this far. And so I watched the premiere of, of this season. And this is going to be spoilery if you are paying attention to The Walking Dead. Um, they have a new showrunner. Mm-hmm. And for the first time in the show's history, Again? it's a woman. Oh. And so the credits are different. There's, like, there's like stuff growing. And it's not just, like, prison walls and whatever. Like, there's, like... And they're kind of, like, weird... They're kind of animated. Like, almost, almost like, Tim Burton-esque animated. But, like, you have, like, flowers growing and, like, birds and, like, wildlife. And it's... That part is really cool. So there's, like, a shift right from the beginning. Um, and last week, so episode five, so not the one that just aired, but like, so the one, um, last week was, uh, Rick Grimes' last episode on the show. Yeah. And, I mean, he's not dead, because of course he's not fucking dead, but he, like, was, like, evacuated essentially in a helicopter after he, like, almost blew himself up to save his family. Mm-hmm. And it was a great episode, and they brought back, like, there was a little cameo from, like, John Bernthal as Shane, and there was, uh, Herschel oh, wow. was back as he was, like, because he had gotten impaled on some rebar and so he was like hallucinating and oh, so he was like fading in and out of consciousness and all these people that he was talking to they were like you know no he's like i gotta find my family i gotta and then they're like no you've got to do this and then at the end of their interactions every one of them he's like wake up and then he wakes up and kind of like startles himself back to mm. some kind of consciousness um and then this year this week's was like a six-year time jump so at the end of last week's episode, you at the very, very end, you have, like, Rick getting whisked away in this helicopter, which there's been helicopters sort of swirling around um, for the last little while, and no one really knows why. I'm like, where do they come from? How do they feel? What's going on? I have many questions. Um, and he's, like, been saved, ultimately. Um, and then it, like, fast-forwards, and there's, like, these people running through the woods, and they are, this, you hear this kid's voice being like, hey, hey, over here. And it happens to be, like, Rick's daughter, mm. who, when he dies is like three Mm -hmm. and now she's like 10 
So that's their time jump, which is good because I was like, man, if I gotta go through like years and years of this shit, like I can't. Like with what's his name, where he was the kid. Yeah. What's his name? Carl. Carl. Yeah, and he's dead too. They Mm -hmm. killed him last season. Um, and so like it had been like eight years of this kid. Yes. Being the same age, essentially. No, they just no, they just aged him up as, but they didn't. It was very strange. But it was like chunky and weird. Yeah, because he aged as a human being. Yes. Yeah, and the show just sort of ignored it. Whereas like Judith didn't age as a human being. Mm -hmm. She they just kept getting different people to play her. Um, but like. So at the end, when Rick, like, blows up this bridge, because there's this, like, herd of walkers, which is, like, a logistical thing that I don't understand. But anyway, that's a question for another day. Um, Everyone is there, because they all realize that, like, he's in trouble, Mm -hmm. um, because someone didn't check in or whatever, and so they're going, and they figure out that he's in trouble, and so they're going to, like, find him, and then everyone sees him blow up this bridge, so they all think that he's dead. Um, And you kind of see his body fly back a bit, so you'd assume. But they can't get to him because he's blown up the bridge. But by blowing up the bridge, it means the lockers can't get it, so it's fine. And then he ends up being rescued by this one of the garbage pail kids, and she takes him away. <laughs> um, anyway, so this episode... But it was really interesting to me because they've done some really, like, fascinating things on the show with, like, like pairing characters up. Mm-hmm. And sort of, like, who's out on their own. Like, Daryl's, like, off living in the woods by himself. Just, like, you know, gross and dirty. And Are you shocked? I'm not surprised at all. No. Because, of course, he would be. Especially with Rick gone. Mm-hmm. Right? He's got no reason to sort of, like, stay behind. Um, and Carol is, like, married to Ezekiel, who's, like, the leader of the kingdom. And that whole, like, it's just that part I don't like. Because they, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. They, like, forced it. And now... It just feels very awkward, but I feel like they're so, like, blissfully happy that one of them's gonna die before the end of the season, because that tends to be what happens on the show, mm-hmm. and I hope it's Ezekiel, <laughs> just leave it at that, because last night, or last, this, this past week's episode, uh, Carol and Henry, who's, like, this kid that she's ultimately adopted, they're, like, off on this little mission, and they get suckered, they get, like, they get suckered into helping someone out who doesn't need their help, and it's a trap. And it turns out to be, like, all of these people who used to be with Negan, like, with Jeffrey mm-hmm. Morgan's character. And they, like, you're gonna steal all this stuff. And Carol's got, like, uh, she's got a ring because she's married now and all this. And so they, the guy wants this ring. And, and they remember her from when she used to be in charge. And they want to steal all this stuff. And they let, they're gonna let them escape with their lives as long as she gives up all their supplies plus her ring. Mm-hmm. And then Henry, this kid, he, like, d- can't handle that. She's going to just give up the ring, so he, like, tries to attack her anyway, whatever. And then Carol goes back in the middle of the night and sets these fucking people on fire. She just pours gasoline all over everything. And the one guy, like, has a match between his teeth. That's, like, his thing. And she uses that match, and she just burns them all. And I'm like, holy fuck, Carol. She's she's the goddamn best on that show. But also... Whoa. Oh, yeah. Overreaction much? I don't know if it was, though. I think she was just like, don't fuck with me, and, like, don't fuck with my kid was sort of her. Yeah, so I'm gonna burn all of you alive? Because they know where those people know where she is. Because this is all part of this, this, like... Okay, right. But, yeah, so she just goes back in the middle of the night and, like, just lights them on fire, and she manages to get her ring back. And so then in the morning, when they're, like, going back home. Henry notices, he doesn't say anything, but, like, they make a very 
solid points of him from his perspective looking down at her hand yeah. and realizing that the ring is there and then he like the camera cuts to his face and he's super confused um but, but doesn't he know that the whole place is burnt down? No, because they weren't, they were like, they were just sleeping in their wagon and like she like got up in the middle of the night and went back to where oh, they had I been. And, and I was just like, holy fuck, Carol. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was great. But she could always be like, well, I have a backup. <laughs> like, I have two rings. Yeah. <laughs> I have five rings. <laughs> But it was just like, and so, so Reva and I've been kind of talking about it too, because like we watched The Walking Dead and like she, last season she got kind of bored with it and she watched, finally watched the last like four episodes over the summer. And then I watched like the, their Comic-Con trailer mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, this looks so it's, good. So it's looking good so far. And it's getting better. I mean, it's the same issue where you have like new people and do we trust them and whatever, whatever. But at least, like... And there's always zombies. And there's all... But that's the logistical thing that I don't understand. Because mm-hmm. at some point in time... And I don't understand how zombies work, but, like... Shouldn't they all die? Well, not that they should all die, but that the connective tissue between... That should should decompose. Fall away, yeah. And then they wouldn't be able to walk anymore. Mm-hmm. That would be sort of my, my thing. And so it's not that there's not going to be zombies, because we know that everybody, as they die, has the virus anyway and turns into one. Yes. Regardless of whether you're bitten or not. Um, but there shouldn't be herds of people anymore, mm-hmm. right? Because those should have been taken care of. Bodies decompose fast. So fast. Well, and if everybody knows that everyone's going to turn into... Because you're going to figure it out eventually, even if no one's actually told you. Like, Do oh, they wait. burn their dead? Uh, well, you have to get them through the through the head so that they don't wake up again. That's, like, the, the whole thing. But lots of times... It depends. They'll, they'll... Like, if someone dies, say they have natural causes... What they tend to do, if it's, like, someone that they care about, they'll just, like, put a bullet through their head after they're dead. Mm-hmm. Just to keep them to keep them from turning into a zombie. Um, and then they'll usually bury them. But only for, like, you know, the people that you care about. Yes. Right. For, like, the strangers and the people who try to kill your family. Um, you, you just shoot them in the head and walk away. Shoot them in the head and walk away. Or you burn them if you, mm-hmm. you know, if you can. Because you can't reanimate ashes no no well you can't reanimate them because whatever because in the very first season they go to like the cdc in atlanta and that's where like rick finds out that like everybody's got the virus but he doesn't tell anyone until like into the second season um but they show you this like mri of as someone dies and then what happens to the brain like the brain dies and then it's, like, it comes back to life, but only, like, whatever process, like, allows this thing to move, essentially. That's not how viruses work. Well, of course not, but it's, it's a zombie <laughs> so apocalypse, I'm so angry right? about this. No, I know. But, but they show, but they actually, they do in the first season, like, actually show you The that. mechanisms of it. And I'm okay. like, oh, okay. So, like, at least there's, a, there's like, a reason There's for a this. fiction. Right. Yes. And that's fine. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so that's what they figured out, is that in order to, like, protect yourself... And so once you have, when you, when you're trying to kill one, you can't just like stab it through the heart. Like you have to get it through the head because that's going to kill everything. That's going to kill everything. And so everybody knows that and that's what people do and whatever, whatever. Um, But so far this season, I've been intrigued by like, there's some very subtle differences like in the actual production and like the the coloring of scenes and like how characters interact with each other and Mm -hmm. and I wonder if that's just like having a female showrunner someone with like a different she's been a writer on the show for a long time and she's directed a couple episodes but she's got a vision and so far this first like six episodes has been really good Mm -hmm. and there's only two more until they take their like mid-season break break. yeah 
and I'm 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 liking it. Which after last season, I was like, I don't know. I'm gonna stick with it, see what happens. But if I'm not sold by like the end of the first half of the season, I'm out. Cause like oh for sure. But I'm definitely sold. Well, that's good because what you wouldn't want is another commitment for another season. Yeah. And then have it just let you down again. But then I read like because they didn't kill Rick, because he's not dead. The AMC is gonna make like movies. I heard that too. Rick Grimes. Also, Which I'm kind of okay with if at some point in time there is a reunion with like Rick and his family and then it's done. Like that, because I feel like if he's not dead, I feel like that mm-hmm. has to be something that happens. Because Judith said something this past last episode to Michelle and she was like, I can't remember what their voices sound like anymore. And I was just like, oh my god, that's awful. That is really awful. Yeah. I'm surprised that that the main cast is still there, like Rick and Michonne. Yeah. Because they're busy doing other shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. why can I not remember her name? Denai Guerrero? Denai Guerrero, yeah. yes. Like, she's writing plays. I know. And oh, producing them. I know. And she's in Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. How is she also on this show? Because the Marvel movies... Also shoot in Atlanta? Shoot in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, that's 100% how. For sure. Uh, that's for sure how it works. Brutal. Yeah. Because she was able to do both. Okay, as a transition point here, why are they announcing that there's going to be a Falcon and Winter Soldier miniseries? Oh, oh, did they? Oh, I didn't hear that. That's what I heard. Is it like a buddy comedy? Because that'd be fucking great. Sure it would. But hey, um, we think at least one of those guys is dead right now. Oh, right. So. One, both. No, I thought or Falcon's. Sam's, uh, I, I think Sam's still alive. Anybody? <laughs> Anybody <laughs> confirm that? But why are you doing that if you haven't announced the title of the movie? Yeah. That's coming up, what, in May? Yeah. And we have no information about that. Yeah. We already have the Spider-Man movie, which we've seen shooting. Yes. And there's been a title released. Mm-hmm. Like, why are they doing this? They're being so cagey. But it's not working. No, it isn't working. Like... And then, and then, like, you get the announcements from, like, you know, Chris Evans, like, you know, talking about his however many years playing Captain America, and so the assumption is, obviously, that he's, like... But he, we knew that. His contracts are up. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, well, of course he's died. And I'm like... What if he hasn't? What if he just, like, walks away? I can't... I cannot read him saying that that's died in that tweet that he did. No. There's no information about that. No. And everyone's like, well, obviously he did. Just like no. What if what if Cap just like walks away? Of course. Which is fine. Yes. Because at some point in time he's not gonna be able to be Captain America anymore. Because he's still gonna age. Very slowly? Question mark. But he's still gonna age. Yeah. Because he was like you know. I don't know. I I, I don't know. Oh, Megan, you'd love a gray beard, sinewy Captain America. Fuck me. Oh God, you'd love that. Yeah, that'd be pretty great. <laughs> Well, now we know. Now we know what Marvel could get me for Christmas and make it so. Um, it's like Captain America, but oh. James Bond. Yeah. Didn't know you needed it. You're welcome. No, nope. no. Now I'm just thinking about that picture of Chris Pine with the gray beard, and I'm just like, yeah, okay, I'll take that too. It's a bit too long, though. Um, but yeah, it's just like Marvel. They don't. But the thing with Marvel, I think, is they don't have to try. No, but. Also, like... But try a little bit. Aren't you 
professionals at this. Yeah, but like they don't have to try because they know that people are gonna pay attention See it, and watch. Yes. And it's made billions. Stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Are you ready for the game? Yeah, I would love to play a game. Okay. So I have been reading a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And you know my two genres of books. Well, I have three. Yeah, okay. But I've read more of two than the third one. Do you think you know what those three genres of books are? Uh, Houses with Secrets. Correct. Um, And then I don't know. Do I? Yes, you do. Historical fiction, anything? I have no idea. No, I don't know. No, detective. Oh, right. Killer books. Yeah, yeah. And then just like magic and fantasy. Oh, yeah. So, So my three genres. Okay. So, I've picked ten titles of books. Okay. And I want you to guess, based on the title, okay. are they detective, are they magic, or are they both? Okay. So, A is detective. Okay. B is magic. Okay. C is a combination of the two. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. The leopard. Magic. Incorrect. Really? That is a Harry Hole, Joe Nesbo, Norway crime mill novel okay the book of the dead i feel like it should be magic but it's gonna be a detective one it's actually both god damn (laughs) uh face of deception magic detective (laughs) these are hard aren't they not really (laughs) a gathering of shadows oh that's a magic book that is a magic book that one i actually knew for real did you? Yeah. I've heard of it. I don't. I've never read it. It's a new series that I've just... I don't read magic books. Started. Uh, Brimstone. I'm going to say both. Correct. You are two for five. <laughs> Hold on. Put in a check mark. Um, oh, I have that one twice. Oh, shit. That's more points per game than Milan Lucic. It's all good. <laughs> Gotta fucking dunk on him anytime he can. Yep. The Phantom Tree. Phantom Tree. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say. I feel like it should be magic. That's correct. That one's very interesting. I hated the end of it. Oh. But it was an interesting premise. It was the daughter of Anne Boleyn. Was a time traveler. Ooh. It was very interesting. Fascinating. The Lost City. The Lost City. Both. Correct. Clive Cussler book that's about immortality. Interesting. Interesting. The Wrecker. Detective. Correct. Another Clive Cussler book. Uh, and lastly, I guess it isn't ten because I did a book title twice because I'm a dummy. A Conjuring of Light. Um, magic. You ended up quite well. Yeah, but one, like two, the word three, four, conjuring five, is in there. So if I, it was there a were some gimmies. One, there were that some would gimmies. be real misleading. But that's what I've been reading. Detective Magic both. <laughs> and houses with secrets. And houses with secrets. Old houses with secrets. It's true. Um have you read any of those books? Yes, all of them. Oh you read all of them, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, I wasn't sure if you just, like, made up a list. No. These are from my library account I took the titles from. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, I read a book when we were in Sweden called Salt to the Sea mm-hmm. by Ruta Septis. 
and it's really fascinating. It's just like there's like four different characters, and it's a um set in World War Two, and each chapter is like two maybe three pages long, which fucking drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. Like a James Patterson novel can't do it, but this one is fascinating. You don't like those? No, they're too short. Like I just I want to get into them. Right. And then, like, the chapter's over. I'm like, just why? Why Why is this cut? Like, why is this smash cut here? This is ridiculous. Yeah, it's all jump cuts. <laughs> yeah, and I don't like it. <laughs> um, but, like, I started this book, and it was so good. Like, it was just so, so, so good. Um, and it was these four different characters, like, essentially trying to escape Nazi Germany. Mm. And, like, how are they getting it? It was really, really fascinating. It's really worth reading. I can't really explain much more without giving it all away, mm-hmm. um, but I was really intrigued by, like, the short chapter narrative, because it's not something I would normally go for, but one of the girls at work gave to me, she's like, you should read this, and I did, and I was like, oh, yeah. In that same, really in that same, I love, the one, like, really powerful thing that came out of World War Two is, like, just all the great storytelling, I think, like, fiction and historical fiction and nonfiction. Mm-hmm. And I read The German Girl. Have mm-hmm. you read that one? Mm-hmm. And that one really surprised me, too. About, like, connecting World War Two to not only, like, North America, but to Cuba. Mm-hmm. Which was really fascinating. So, um, what was the title of yours? Salt to the Sea. Salt to the Sea. Okay, I'm going to add it to a list. Is it recent? Yes. Yes. Um... I also, what else did I read just recently? I'm reading a book called The Interestings right now, and it starts off with these kids that are like 15, 16 at this summer camp, and they like, they're just pretentious fucks, and they, they think that they're like so much more interesting than everyone else, so they call themselves The Interestings, and they stay friends for like, it's into like their 50s, so mm-hmm. it's not just that weird adolescent angst, mm-hmm. um, and they, they, they meet at this like... And on Friday 13th, they accidentally murder someone. <laughs> no, no, no. They meet at this, like, performing arts camp. And so, like, you know, one wants to be an actress, someone wants to be, like, a player, and all this kind of stuff. So they meet at this, like, this at this, like, arts camp in the summertime. And then two of them end up getting married um, to each other. And then the one, she, like, the, her life kind of takes a very different turn. She wanted to be, an, like, a comedic actor, and it never worked out. And so, she, you know, and so, like, it sort of deals with them getting and so the where I'm at I'm not through it yet but Jules is kind of the protagonist and she starts off at camp she goes by Julie and then someone calls her Jules so she just like sticks with it because it makes her sound more interesting and a little bit more sophisticated and that oh, kind of thing I see. and so then professionally she's known as Jules and whatever but she gets this letter this Christmas letter she's married to someone who's not part of this group and his name is Dennis and she, they get this Christmas letter from um to the people who are part of the interesting, the, the two that are married to each other. And, like, she knows everything that's gone on in their life because she's still very close with them, but she reads this Christmas letter and she gets this, like, this, like, sense of, you know, well, why can't it be me sort of thing? Like, she's got this real envy, even though they're her good friends. Mm-hmm. And because they're in their, like, 40s and, you know, getting older, like, it's an interesting sort of juxtaposition between, you know, these kids, these, like, idyllic children and this, like how these friendships maintain mm-hmm. it's quite so far it's pretty good and also almost like a identity crisis yeah maybe midlife crisis type of feeling yeah huh. yeah and then i also read a book called the bookshop of yesterdays Ooh, that sounds right up all of my genres it's it's not a detective novel but and it's not is magical it magic? no. is it both <laughs> no it's none of those things but damn it and this girl 
I won't I won't spoil anything for you, but this girl, she when her uncle dies, he leaves her this bookshop that he owned. Oh, the dream. Um, and so she goes to like deal with not that she... your uncle dies in your left. <laughs> No, guardian. That's, that's not the dream. Uh, no, 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 no. Like, she's got parents and stuff. And okay. she's, like, an adult. And she hasn't spoken to her uncle since she was, like, 12 or 13. <gasps> so it's a mystery. There's a little bit of a mystery, but it's Ooh. not, like... Uh, and so she... Her There's mother, a body under the floorboards. <laughs> Her mother's like, why would he leave this to you? Blah, blah, blah. And then there's a secret, of course, that you find out later on. Um, but she goes from her life in Philadelphia, where she's a teacher, and she's, I can't remember if she's engaged, or she's just, like, a long-term boyfriend. Uh, and she goes over the summer out to California to, like, sort out, because that's where she's from originally, and her parents are still there and whatever, to sort out the affairs of this bookshop. And she meets a man. And as she goes through the process of, like, figuring out what to do with this bookshop, whether she's going to sell it or whatever, she learns some things and she has to, like, go find out sort of why the bookshop was left to her. Right. Because it doesn't make a lot of sense. And then you find out and it kind of wrecked me a little bit. It was good. <gasps> Aww. Yeah, it was very good. I liked it a lot. But a good wreck. Yes. Okay. And then I read this other book, which I don't Wait, have... Wait, tell me the title of that one first. Um, bookshop of... Yesterdays. Of yesterdays. Okay. Love it. I read this other one called You Are the Everything. I think that's what I got to look this one up. So I went to um, a conference uh, a couple weeks ago um, and got this copy of this book. The leadership conference? No. Oh. Um, uh, like a, an ed camp thing where we talked about some teaching things. It's by Karen Rivers. It's called You Are the Everything. And uh, it started off with, um, like, the back of the book. The synopsis on the back of the book is, like, something about um, you're lying on a football field with Josh Harris. And, this, and I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I want to do this. Like, oh. in Wyoming. And I was like, done, I'm in. Um <laughs> And then the character, her name is, the main character, her name is Elise, and her and Josh Harris were in a plane crash, you find out, um, on, like, a school trip. And they're, like, the only survivors of this plane crash. Um, they're teens? Yeah. Adults? Oh, teens. They're, teens. they're, like, you know, sophomores in high school or juniors in high school or whatever. Is this, like, the Blue Lagoon? No. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, they end up making, like, they, they survive this plane crash, and, and it's, like, somewhere in Europe, like, they're in France or whatever, mm. and they crash, like, in the Alps. And Jesus. they survive, and they end up back home in California, and sort of like the aftermath of this tragedy. It was really, 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 really fucking good. good. Because the title makes it sound like it's some like self help. Yes. You are the everything. Correct. Yes, by Karen Rivers. It's a great novel. Uh, novelist named Karen Rivers. Yeah, it was uh, it was really really good, and I I literally picked it because um, the brief because of the brief <laughs> thing about yeah of like laying on a football field with the boy that you're in love with, and I was like yeah that sounds like a thing I would do. I'm in. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I read it, and I was just like oh yeah, I was like I know I took a picture of it. Here's what it is. Um, this is what dreams look like when they come true. You and Josh Harris are lying on a blanket on a football field in Wyoming. The blanket is plaid and smooth and smells like fabric softener. The air is heavy with the scent of wildflowers and summer and tree pollen and faintly lawnmower gas and sawdust. And I was like, oh, yeah. All of this is checking. Every right? single All box Megan ever had. Check. 
punching it. It's yeah. a hole punch. Yeah. Above you, the sky is clear and warm and star-freckled. There's supposed to be a meteor shower tonight. Oh, yeah. Which you remember as if waking from a dream is why you are here with Josh Harris. In on your one camera? of the last summer nights <laughs> before school starts up on the night of the biggest meteor shower in history. It is going to be the most important night of your life so far. The best night of your life so far. That's how it's... That's the synopsis on the back. And I was like, yeah. But it's not about a plane crash. But then the, the same thing in the beginning says, a stunningly crafted novel about what we hold on to and how we go on in the wake of tragedy. Perfect for fans of all the bright places and everything, everything. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. interesting. But really, I was just like stuck. When I was like, football field? And like the, all of those smells and a meteor shower? I was like, oh, heck yes. Uh, yeah, it's... Yeah. Like, if you were put into, <laughs> what was that robot that IBM made? Yes. That supercomputer? Yeah. That's what would be spit out as pretty a much. novel. Yeah, pretty much. Watson? Watson? Yeah, I think so. Watson. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. That would be it. Pretty so much. So I was like, yeah, okay, 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 I'm in. And then I read it, and I was like, holy, f-. it was really good. It sounds good. It was really, really good. I really liked it. Should we move on to questions? We should. Do we have... We don't have very many. Uh, Amanda texted me some. What did she? Okay. Here we go. Um, <laughs> she's got a... Oof. Boy. We got a... We got a spectrum here. Oh. Um, <laughs> Big surprise. <laughs> what is wrong with the devils? Who would win in a fight for Brian Boyle's honor, me or buff? Is Winter trying to murder us with cold? That's just the first section of the question. Okay, so what's wrong with the Devils is they're not a very good hockey team, and they weren't a very good hockey team last year, and no. they PDO'd the shit out of their season. Um, and also, they've got some goalie questions right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're not terrible. They'll be fine. Yeah, I'm worried about how they're not scoring goals and how they're not keeping goals out. <laughs> <laughs> their own net. It's just a goal problem. Yeah, so yeah, there's too many goals going into nets during their games, and it's not the right net. Too many injuries? Yeah. Yeah, I, we'll see what happens. Um, whatever, it is what it is. Yeah. Um. Is is Winter trying to murder us with cold? Okay, Amanda, first of all, no. Because you live in a place that, like, winter doesn't really happen. Yeah. Until, like, much later in the season, and you were just in Florida. So, like... <laughs> My sympathy for you is at an all-time low. It was minus 22 here last week with the wind chill. Yeah, it was really fucking cold. It was cold. very cold. Uh, and when I leave the house in the morning at 10 after 6... Mm-hmm. Even colder. Yeah, I don't want to talk about your winter. Uh, why can't Wayne Gretzky tell a story without mentioning Mark Messi? I don't know, but it's pretty great that he can't, because it's true. <laughs> Agree. Uh, why can't chocolate make you lose weight? There's this thing called sugar. Yeah. And it's gonna be the death of us all, but is it fucking delicious? Yes. Yes, it is. Sometimes it's too much. Sometimes it's too much. So I like to get coffee usually with no sugar, but every once in a while if I get a coffee, like, I'll get one and one. Mm -hmm. And then I usually, when I buy coffee in the mornings, if I do, there's two. There's a double-double and then there's a one and one. And every once in a while... Mix them up? They make them both double-double. Oh. And it's no good. Because then I drink it and I'm just like, uh, No. Too much. Too much sugar. So if you eat too much sugar and you don't exercise, yeah. that sugar's going to make you gain weight, unfortunately. It's true. And last question from Amanda. Why is stadium food so horrible? Um, well, that is not always true. 
some of the best stadium food I had was at Candlestick Park in uh, San Francisco. Hmm. Depends where you go. But, like, if you're expecting a gourmet meal, maybe it's your expectations that need to, like, be tempered. Because I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not expecting great food. Because what you're expecting is arena food. Like, yeah. if you want the saltiest fucking popcorn you've ever had, which is delicious, get it from the arena. Uh-huh. Um, bum, bum, bum. Malcolm has some sports questions. Firstly, <laughs> why is Lucic the way that he is? Well, you see. He's part potato. (laughs) I was gonna... Yeah, that works. And he's just slow. There was a thing on him on the news last night, and I was uh, watching it, and he was talking about how he's been, like, watching videos of himself scoring goals, like, when he played junior hockey. And I was like, oh, buddy. That's not a thing that you... Wait, what? Because he hasn't... He scored two goals in 63 games. Um, And I was like, buddy, that's not a thing you admit. So he told the news that? Yeah. That he watches himself score goals. Like, I watch my old Instagram stories and just be like, mm-hmm, that was very witty, Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He but, watches his... But you're not getting paid $6 million a year to not score goals, so... <sighs> but if I was... Fourth line. Fourth, Fourth line, line minutes. Uh, okay, so he's got some stats here. So he says, immediate years post-LeBron leaving a team. Okay. These are the records. Uh, 2011 Cavs. 19 wins, 63 losses. Oof. 2015 Heat, 37 wins, 45 losses. 2019 Cavs, 1 win, 11 losses. Michael Jordan's baseball year, mm-hmm. the Bulls went 55 wins, 27 losses. Is LeBron the greatest of all time? Yes. That is absolutely accurate. Yeah, that was his question. The 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 whole, like, the arguments, I guess, could be made, like, because, you know... MJ's got more titles and whatever, whatever. But he also had good teams. Yeah. Like, that's the whole point. Is he, mm-hmm. like, I'm not saying that the Bulls would have necessarily won all those championships without him, but they had a much better, more well rounded. They were 55 and 27. Yeah. They ha- were a much better, more well rounded lineup mm-hmm. than any team that LeBron's been on. Any team. Yeah. Any team. So. Yeah, I agree. And <laughs> lastly, I don't think this really deserves an answer. Oh, okay. But he just asked, the raps are 12 and 1, but should we really care? Uh, no, because <laughs> it's basketball. Uh, so no. And, like, they're not, I don't know. That bottom's gonna fall out of that eventually. Yes, I think they could win the East this year, but they're not gonna be Golden State. No, no one's gonna be Golden State. No, it's the it's the narrative of basketball right now, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Twitter. Uh, yeah, we have four questions. One was from Mike, and it was, "What are you reading these days?" And we asked we did answer. answer that. Um, more important ratio. This question from Dave: The Milan Lucic hits per dollar, <laughs> 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 or the ongoing Trump to Everly comparison? Oh, the anything involving Lucic and like dollars per anything is incredibly important it's pretty great should not be let go of no ever 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 no um yeah so let's go with that that. um jess asks what's a selfless deed where you do something and get no payment or good feeling or benefit from like letting a mosquito bite you i would say like letting someone in in traffic yes you know like, I mean, I suppose, the, uh, like, the, you, you don't get anything from it, but, like, you kind of the hope that, like, someone will let you in when you need it, sort of, you know? Also... Like a pay-it-forward type of situation. Also, Edmonton fucking zipper merge. 
Let's be better at it. Yes. Um, I think it's important to be... I take a lot of transit right now because we only have one car. My husband's always gone. Um, being cognizant of your space on a bus or a train mm-hmm. and making sure that the people who need it have a seat. Mm-hmm. That's a selfless deed. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot in their Oilers question, which is funny because my dad and I were talking about this last night. Oh. Uh, what would be the most Elmo in front of the Flames coaching or management move that the Oilers could make? So here's... But they've done it. Well, here's... No, no, no. no. Come on. No, no. How have they not done it? Here's what's going to happen. They've so, done it. That's my argument. Todd McClellan's going to get fired. If the Oilers don't win, like, say, two of their next three games, he's going to get fired. And then Glenn Gullitson's going to be the interim coach. <laughs> Which, of course he is. He's like, that's the writing on the wall. You don't bring in, like, a, a former head coach who just got fired to be your yeah. assistant coach if that's not the plan. So he's going to be the interim head coach. And then instead of hiring him full-time, you know, like, on putting him on a contract to be the head coach uh, for next, starting next season, the others are going to go on a bit of a coaching search. Because I think there's three or four uh, coaches whose contracts are up. At the end of the season, John Cooper in Tampa, I believe, is one of them. Joel Quinville just got fired. Yeah. Um, as if he'd come here, but still, whatever. That's beside the point. So there's there's going to be some available NHL coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and then instead of hiring any of those guys or rehiring Glenn Gullitson, the Oilers are going to do the most Oiler thing possible and hire Kelly Buckberger. November thirteenth. Okay, this is two thousand and eighteen. You heard it here saying. first. What I find infuriating is how, was it Pekarainen said that coaches would never talk to him? Yeah. And how, I mean, sure, and people are like, oh, it's a bad translation. I'm like, whatever, it doesn't matter if it's a bad translation. He What he said is that the coaches never gave him an opportunity Guess who to, he's like, also heard that from. Uh, to, to, like, talk about things. And, oh, yeah, and someone who got pilloried in the media, who also is, like, the reigning heart trophy winner. So. Who is uncoachable. Yeah, go fuck yourselves. Yeah, I know. I know, right? So you would think that... And also, do you know who else said that about uh, Todd McClellan huh. back in 2015 in San Jose? Joel Thornton. Really? Yeah, about how the climate in their dressing room was very much, like, top-down, and there wasn't a lot of, like, dialogue and things like that. And then, of course, Joel Thornton also, says something like that, and people, like, respect what he has to say because it's, it's Joel Thornton. Thornton. Yeah. But also, if so, I could imagine that coming from a head coach because... Sure, you're responsible for the vision. Yeah. But guess what your fucking assistants are supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I spent a lot of time... Well, I spent a lot of time this school year so far with a team, with a football team. Because I don't really do anything, like, coaching-wise with the swim team. Other people do the coaching. I just kind of yell the kids to, like, get on the bus. Um... But uh, it was interesting watching, like, in games and practices, sort of how those dialogues would take place, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, our head coach was uh, an in-school coach, and then our, like, defensive coordinator also in-school, which makes it a lot easier to, like, run film sessions and stuff because the person in charge of it is, is in the school, in school yeah. on a daily basis and that isn't, like, coming from another job or whatever. Um, but it was, it's just really, it was really interesting sort of watching how that, you know, how like sort of what the chain of command was and like who defers to who when it comes to like particular yeah. um things and yeah like those position coaches are like you know in that immediate like in those game situations are responsible for like dealing with the linebackers and dealing with the backs and dealing with the mm-hmm. the offensive line and like sorting things out but when it comes right down to the whole thing you've got your head coach who's like mm-hmm. in charge of that overall message and then spreading that to the other coaches and then sort of beyond so like what does happen on an NHL team. 
But also, you don't see dialogue happening on the bench ever. No, not the at all. The coach is standing up there. No. Screaming at refs. Yeah. But never... But like, I what do rarely they do? see them interact. No, like, what do they do? And it's different in a sport like, say, baseball, yeah. where, like, it's very much an individual sport. Mm-hmm. And they'll, the, the manager will, like, do things, like, they'll, they'll you know, yell at the guys to, like, get into the shift or whatever for a particular hitter. But, mm-hmm. like, for the most part, they're not doing a lot of direct coaching because they don't need to. Mm-hmm. Right, because it's it's an individual sport played on a team, which is a very odd yep. sort of thing. Whereas, but hockey you can't do that, uh, uh. and so you have to have coaching. Like basketball, you see it all the time. Talking to players constantly. Yeah, you even see it in football on football sidelines and stuff. When a guy comes off, you know, like not so much when the play's going on, obviously, mm-hmm. but when a guy comes off or before they're going on, like. They're getting instruction from that position coach or whatever. Yeah. Sometimes they're just getting yelled at because they fucked up. And that's fine. But at it's least there's dialogue. that dialogue in-game. Yeah. yeah. But it sort of sounds like what Packer Inn said. Like, there wasn't any dialogue in-game, but there was also no dialogue after the game. And in practice, there was just a lot of yelling. hmm And to me, that doesn't seem like coaching. No, it's not. That's what we call a toxic father. <laughs> Yeah, and so the thing... Where you make mistakes and you don't know that you're making mistakes, and so you're walking on eggshells, but you have no idea how to make this person happy. And and the, so I think the thing, the takeaway from this is that Tom McClellan is not a good coach. And I think that looking at the lineups that he had in San Jose, especially for the last, like, five years that he was the head coach there, and how they never made it even to the conference final... Mm-hmm. Um, might be an indicator. Might be an indicator of that. Yep. Like, how you have a lineup with Patrick Milo and... Could be. Um... Joe Thornton and Joe Pavelski and, you know, what's his nuts? And, like, Couture. How, and how do you have, how do you have that, that like high powered offense mm-hmm. and you can't get over the hump? And then the year after you leave, all of a sudden they make the Stanley Cup final. There's something to be said for that. Mm-hmm. Who is there? Was it DeBoer? Yeah. Is he still there? Yeah. I always like DeBoer. I think he's a good coach. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Anyway. But yeah, when the others hire Kelly Bookberger, you're in here first. Amazing. On November the 13th. I was going to say Todd Nelson. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Uh, or like Mark Messier. But <laughs> someone with no coaching experience whatsoever. But uh, time's a flat circle with the Edmonton Oilers, so they always mm-hmm. just bring their, bring their former players back, back for glory, quote-unquote. Uh, we do not have any more questions. We do not. It has been... A while. Have we covered enough? We have. It's like been Can we an, stop? an hour and 40 minutes. Dear God. Stop. An hour 40? Yeah. Jesus So we were, were, there's Christmas movies on right now, and so what we were talking about, which is maybe a thing that we'll do, mm-hmm. is uh, a live commentary of a Christmas movie that we've never seen. Yes. With it on mute. Yeah. So we're making up the situation. And the dialogue. dialogue. Yeah. We'll tell you the title. Yeah. Um, but other than that, we're just seeing <laughs> what tropes we can identify. Um, they're pretty, pretty basic. Yeah. And we should do a Netflix one that is... Yeah. One that a lot of people could access. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's all we have for today. Thanks, uh, for sticking around. If you did, mm-hmm. sorry that it's been a while. I'm mm-hmm. trying to get back to a more regular schedule. Which may be tough, because Which... in three weeks I'm moving to Calgary. Three weeks? Three weeks. Holy shit. I thought it would be like January, but okay. No, it's three weeks. Well then. My life is hell. <laughs> yeah, well, you did it to yourself. I did. Um, well, there we go. I mean, I knew that was happening. I just didn't realize it was so soon. I know. It's hard to process the timing of it. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, we'll figure out something. We will. Yeah. There's ways to, like, make it sound less like one of us is talking from out of a cave, too. Well, we'll get a second microphone, I assume. Yeah, probably. <laughs> have you record some things and then splice them together. Yeah. So I'll learn how to be, like, an audio engineer. Just learning all sorts of things. Yeah. Look at us go. Tech-wise. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Meg14, and you can find Kelsey on Twitter at GarbageFirePod. Does it feel good to say it, Megan? It does. It's been a while. It does, and it's very satisfying to say that I can find you on Twitter there. Um, we can, had some Instagram problems. We did. It was it all... it is up now. Yeah. We couldn't get into it. It just disappeared. Yeah. But it's Garbage Fire Podcast. Yeah. Our email address is garbagefirepodcast at gmail.com. Our website is garbagefirepodcast.com. Mm-hmm. You can find us there. Um, I think that's about all. You can listen to our stuff on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. I think that's it. I think that's all. So, like, if you... We'll, we'll do another one in, like, much more much more timely fashion. So, if you have questions or whatever, please let us know. Yes. Or if you have a suggestion for the Christmas movie you think we should watch. Oh, yeah. Please let us know that, wouldn't, too. Wouldn't it be great if someone made the Christmas movie we wrote last year? <laughs> I would sue them. It's my intellectual property. I wouldn't. I'd be like, good! As long as Eric Johnson is in it, I'd be like, all right, let's do this. Um, we deserve a cut. Mm, we? I'd like a thousand dollars. This is not a lot of money. No, that's like the daily rate for the Screen Actors Guild. Yeah, that's true. Just for some audio equipment. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, if you have like recommendations for Christmas movies that we could uh, talk about on this, we we would do that. Love it. Yeah, and other than that, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in the dumpster. <laughs>